I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now that's an elite offensive hockey team. It's your Yahoo Sports Canada daily podcast for Friday, October 11th. But first, sports. Happy Friday morning, my friend. We are just a few short hours away from Thanksgiving long weekend. It was a busy Thursday in the sports world. The Raptors played at 6 a.m. yesterday. The Maple Leafs took yet another tough, tough test on home ice. And we know who the final four teams in the MLB playoffs will be. But first, the Maple Leafs. Oh, boy. Did they get a rude awakening from the Tampa Bay Lightning last night? Braden Point in his first game of the season. Oh, he looked absolutely dynamite on a line with Stephen Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. Four points for Stammer and Kuch. Three for Point. Just a dominant performance. Frederick Anderson got pulled from this game. The Maple Leafs just thoroughly outplayed down the stretch. When the dust settled, it was a 7-3 win for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yahoo Sports Canada's own Sarah Jenkins was at the rink, as she has been for every Maple Leafs game this year. She joins me now to talk about the blowout loss. Jenks, Mike Babcock had called the loss of the St. Louis Blues the best game the Leafs had played this season. He certainly didn't say that about last night's efforts. In your eyes, what was the biggest thing that went wrong for the Leafs against Tampa? Besides literally everything? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was just no urgency. You know, this was a really big game, not just for the Leafs, but for Tampa as well. I think it was a situation where both teams are not having the most ideal start to the season. And you'd think that would make the Leafs a little bit more hungry. You kind of saw that in the first with the quick responses to goals, and it made it exciting. I think we all thought we are going to have this great matchup. And then they just came out completely dead in the second and got more dead in the third. And... It all stemmed from not playing good defense, getting really scrambly, and just an overall really underwhelming performance. Uh, And Mike Babcock said they never really had a chance because they never gave themselves a chance because they just didn't play good hockey. Freddie Anderson got pulled from this game, uh, maybe even a goal or two too late. But how do you assess his performance? Do you think any of that is on him, or was it just generally a really bad night in front of him? I mean, John Tavares said it post-game, you should never allow seven goals on you at home. And that's never totally going to be on the goalie. Uh, there has to go through five guys before it gets to Freddie Anderson. So uh, I think it was Austin Matthews that said something like those five guys have to protect him and play better up front uh, for him to even have a chance. Obviously, I think a couple slipped by him. and But that also comes with when your team's starting to collapse in front of you and not playing good hockey. Who's to say he's not going to you know, be demoralized by that as well and not want to play as good hockey as well? I think he was a little tapped out. And... He just said he wants to learn from it and move on in his very few words that he always says. Speaking of bad performances in front of him, uh, not a great Morgan Riley evening. No. Has not been a great Morgan Riley start to the season. Uh, What do you make of that? Because I think he's somebody that was sort of coming into the year 
it was a given he was going to be their top performer defensively. I think it's interesting that out of the pairing of Morgan Riley and Cody Cece, that Morgan Riley is the one that's underwhelming everybody uh, because <laughs> everyone thought it was going to be him dragging Cody Cece along this entire season. But so far, Cody Cece has been steady. Like He's been himself. And he hasn't been outstanding, but he hasn't been underwhelming, whereas Morgan Riley's been underwhelming, but like sneaky underwhelming because everyone's too worried about capping in. And, oh, John Tavares hadn't scored until... Uh, the game against Tampa, and no one was really looking at, oh, wait, Riley has not been playing the Morgan Riley-style hockey that we're used to, uh, so I think he's definitely got to you know, get something together quickly because their entire defense that everyone was so excited about this year has been pretty underwhelming. Can't lay this all at the feet of the Maple Leafs. There is some element of them playing a very good hockey team. Uh, Braden Point, boy, oh, boy. Looking like a steal at the money. Holy jeez. One game back and he got right to the point, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he, uh, I had a really good feeling about him coming into this game. I knew he was going to be outstanding and he just did not disappoint. Whereas the Leafs completely disappointed. Tampa did not. I think maybe Steve Stamkos fueled a fire under them the other day when he made those comments saying, oh, he was disappointed with his team and how they were playing and they had to get their crap together and they did and they came out and were looking like last year's Tampa Bay Lightning that unstoppable president's trophy should have won the cup Tampa Bay Lightning team and they were just a complete unit and Babcock said it even when the Leafs had the puck they never really had the puck against Tampa so there you go Uh, any positives at all to take away for your Maple Leafs I mean any game that you lose that badly. <laughs> I think there's got to be some positives. I think it really exposed the Leafs defense. It's not as strong as everyone thought it was going to be. I think everyone was like, oh, we got Tyson Berry now. And suddenly our defense is way better. But it's not. It also is your offense playing better defense, which was not the case either. Uh, they also got to sail the penalty box. And they got to figure out, you know, their whole situation with faceoffs. Because Mitch Marner took a faceoff on the penalty kill when you literally have guys that you brought onto this team to take faceoffs on the penalty kill. So... I guess there's lots of learnings. They'll be able to watch lots of tape, and Babcock can load lots of things onto those iPads that he gave everybody. (laughs) And the Leafs take Friday night off and then head all the way down the 401 to Detroit for a classic hockey night in Canada tilt on Saturday. Some other small hockey notes here. The Edmonton Oilers are still undefeated. They're 4-0, and James Neal is still the league's leading goal scorer. He scored again last night. He's got seven goals in four games. That is the most goals through four games in Oilers franchise history, which is saying something. He's breaking Wayne Gretzky's records here. Ridiculous. Also, Patrick Marlowe played his first game of the season with the San Jose Sharks. He immediately got back to scoring. Of course, that's what Patrick Marlowe does when he plays for the San Jose Sharks. He had two goals in the Sharks' first win of the season. There was also... Yesterday morning, as I mentioned, a fresh, brand-new Toronto Raptors preseason game yesterday. Game two of a two-game series in Japan against the Houston Rockets. The Rockets won this one. Uh, Pascal Siakam had 16 points, 7 rebounds, another 4 assists. Marcus Gasol saw his first game action. And Norman Powell led all scorers for the Raptors with 22 points. One of the key cogs in the wheel here at Yahoo Sports Canada's Raptors coverage is somebody who is a big Norm Powell Believer. I had to tap him when it comes to talking about the big preseason breakout performance from Norm. A man you may have seen, you may have seen him in Hoop Talks or any number of videos here at Yahoo Sports Canada. Amit Man joins me now. Now, when you work with people for a long time, you, they get 
sometimes people get like typecast, they get labeled. In my head, you are a Norm Powell <laughs> guy. Would you think, would you consider yourself a Norm Powell guy? Yes, I would say that I'm a Norm Powell guy. Um, and I mean, yeah, people grind my gears a little bit because I am a Norm I Powell guy. understand the grind. Yeah, <laughs> look what you did there. <laughs> look, okay. The reason why I love Norm Powell so much, and I get that, you know, he's not necessarily like a 22-year-old who's got all of his years ahead of him, right? Like, what is he, 25, 26? This is the prime of his career. He's been playing behind DeMar, and then he played behind Danny for a lot of years. And in those years, the Raptors were really, really good. He never has had an opportunity to be in this position where he could be the starting shooting guard, right? And that's a really big, advantageous position for him to be in at this stage of his career. However... I mean, there's a lot of things that he still has to work on. What I do love about him, though, is that he has is tremendously athletic. He can do things with the ball that a lot of guys on the Raptors who are going to play a lot of minutes can't do in terms of um, getting to the bucket, in terms of his uh, working off the dribble, pull up three, stuff like that. Like Not all the guys can do that, and he can. He's shown an ability to do it. His shortcomings, however, is that, you know, if he's not making shots, what is Norm Powell doing? He, he can sometimes be labeled for, you know, some defensive lapses. He doesn't really do a lot of rebounding. He doesn't uh, do a lot of playmaking necessarily because he isn't that great of it. Sometimes when he does, turnovers happen. But, I mean, this is, this is part of uh, this season. This is what we're going to find out. Are guys like OG, like Fred, like Norm, are they ready for this next step? And one other guy that has come out in the, in the first two preseason games has been very effective, was also effective in, in the scrimmage, and has, has rolled right through some playoff success into preseason success. Say his name. It's Mafusi Chef. Yes. It's got to be Serge Ibaka. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, do, what, have you seen, what have you seen from Serge? What do you like about Serge right Man, now? Man, he looks just like really energetic, really hype. Like this was the issue that we had with him a couple of years ago is that it seemed like, like his, he was carrying around a cinder block sometimes. Like why is, where is that spry Serge that can just like jump out of the gym, for lack of a better term? Um, and it seems like maybe we're going to get a little bit of that again. Uh, he's going to be in, again, in a position to get some more minutes because I don't think Mark is going to play uh, as big a role as he did during the, uh, the stretch part of uh, last season, also even in the playoffs, right? Like, they got to they gotta save Mark. He's got a lot of miles on him. He had a busy offseason um, with, well, two championships, so he also had the best offseason. <laughs> but it was busy, right? So there's going to be a bit of, oh, here it is. Load management. Yes, yeah, finally. Yeah, and, and who's going to win in that battle? Well, it's going to be uh, Serge Ibaka. He's going to play a lot more minutes. He's going to show, get a chance to show that he can um, handle those minutes and be effective at it. And, you know, it's also contract year, so this is a good time for him to show that he can do more. Raptors' next preseason game is this coming Sunday, Thanksgiving Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern at the Scotiabank Arena. They are home. They are back in Toronto to play a real preseason home game. Regular season starts a week from Tuesday, October 22nd. It is right around the corner, just a week and a half away. And finally, last night, we saw a dominant performance from Garrett Cole on the mound for the Houston Astros. He was absolutely incredible. He won his 18th straight decision. He struck out 10 or more batters for the 11th straight start. He went eight innings. He gave up one run. And the Astros beat the Tampa Bay Rays. They are going to the ALCS to play against the New York Yankees. And honestly, that should be the best possible series this postseason. The Astros, incredible pitching against the Yankees. Incredible offense. Two amazing rosters. Plenty of depth. It should be 
an excellent series. The NLCS on the other side between the Cardinals and Nats, that starts tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, and then a playoff doubleheader on Saturday with the NLCS game two at four, and game one of the ALCS between Houston and New York following that around 8 p.m. Lots and lots and lots and lots of sports coming your way this weekend. Made even better, it's Thanksgiving weekend here in Canada, so make sure to pause in between games and give some thanks. And in that thankful spirit, I thank you for listening to the show this morning. There will be no episode on Monday because of the long weekend, but I'll be back to talk to you again about all the best and biggest stories from a very busy weekend in sports on Tuesday morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.